Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory. Uh, in today's gospel reading, we hear a familiar passage about Zacchaeus, the wee short little fella with the song that we're at least passingly familiar with. I don't know that I really learned that song, but I've heard enough people quoting it that I feel like I did. Um, there's a lot we could say about just this passage and how it relates to our life in Christ. But I'm going to go a different direction today. I like telling stories about saints, uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm going to start with Zacchaeus. Um, we don't know a whole lot about him from what we get in the gospel. We, we get some definite facts, but they're not many. Um, we know he's the chief tax collector. Okay? Um, we know he was wealthy. He was rich, he was short, and he lived in Jericho. Um, at this time, he was what was called a publican. Um, chief tax collector was just one kind of publican, and unlike in England, that doesn't mean he ran the local pub. It meant that he worked uh, with the Roman government. It meant he was a contractor to take care of some public thing. Um, publicans might contract to build a bridge, to fix a road, to maintain the aqueducts. Um, in this case, they contracted to collect taxes, which pretty much meant he extorted everyone. Um, he he uh, was mean. That's, that's how you made money as a tax collector. Um, so we know that about him. Um, he was, a, because he was a publican and because he was Jewish, it meant that all his fellow Jews, all his neighbors, really didn't like him. Uh, they saw him as a collaborator with this Roman occupying army. Um, we get a, a quote of that. We get a little bit of that in the scriptures when they say, why is he going to eat at his house? That guy's a sinner. Now, we're used to like Jesus eating with sinners, with outcasts, and uh, people that are kind of outside of nice society. Zacchaeus is a different kind of outcast. He's wealthy, but he's still kind of an outcast. Um, partly because of how he got his wealth. But even, and even though he worked for the Romans, he was still a Jew, so he wasn't really someone that the Romans would have really trusted much or invited to their birthday parties and things like that. He was an outcast on both sides. We don't really know what compelled him to want to see Jesus. We're not really told. Um, maybe he was feeling, feeling a pang of conscience about how he had been making his living. We just don't know. But he wanted to see Jesus, and so he ran ahead where he knew Jesus was going to be coming and climbed up into the tree. Um, and then when Jesus saw him, he said, come down, make haste. Come down, I'm going to stay at your house. So Zacchaeus comes down, and, and that's when the people say, wait, he's going to eat with a sinner. And uh, Zacchaeus stands up and says, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give it back to them times four. Some commentators look at this and say, that means he pretty much gave up everything. Because first half, and then the rest of it, he's giving up times four. So that, that's probably most of his money. What's interesting to me, just real quick as a side note, is this Zacchaeus... Uh, episode occurs just a few verses after we hear about the rich young ruler 
who was told to sell everything that he had, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And he kind of said, oh, I don't, I don't think so. Zacchaeus wasn't even asked to do that. And that's how he responded. That's about all we know about Zacchaeus. <laughs> we'll come back to the rest of the story in just a minute. I want to talk about a different saying now. Um, this was someone much closer to our own time. Um, in, on the 16th, I think. So, Tuesday. We'll, be the, we'll commemorate St. Nicholas of Japan. Um, St. Nicholas of Japan uh, was a Russian. As a young man, he, he was in seminary, and he graduated in 1860. So you can kind of compare that to other things that might have happened around then, like our Civil War, right? So he's in, in Russia in seminary, and there's a sign up in the, at the seminary bulletin board that says, we need a priest to come and serve at the Russian embassy in Japan. Now, this was a brand new thing. Japan had just started grudgingly letting foreigners have embassies there, especially Western foreigners. Um, and something about this grabbed Nicholas's attention, and he applied. He, he asked for a blessing and applied to be that priest. And so he was, uh, he was made a, a monk and then deacon and then priest and then sent to uh, this, this uh, embassy in Japan, this Russian embassy, which really was probably just meant to be like a chaplain. Like there was a small church attached to the embassy and his job was going to be to take care of the spiritual needs of the people who, the Russians at the embassy and maybe any merchants or sailors who might be passing through that port. Um, and he would just be there to kind of take care of them. But, but he had other ideas. On his way, it, it took a while to get there. Um, and on his way there, he ran into Saint Innocent. Saint, yeah, Saint Innocent, over here on the end of the iconostas. He ran into that Saint Innocent, Innocent of Alaska and Moscow. And Saint Innocent gave him some good advice on how to really be a good missionary, because that was really what Saint Nicholas wanted to do. He, yes, he'd take care of the Russians, but he really wanted to bring the gospel to the Japanese people. So he's got this great, great burning, you know, um, excitement and he gets there and nothing's happening. He can't even communicate with the Japanese people. He'd start, Innocent, St. Innocent told him to study Japanese, learn Japanese, learn Japanese. And he he'd started trying, but he was just kind of downcast by how poorly everything was going. Just nothing. He wasn't even, he couldn't reach anybody. And then uh, a few months later, St. Innocent, on his way back to uh, Alaska, passes through Japan, stops in for a visit, and he finds uh, the future St. Nicholas, <laughs> Father Nicholas, reading books in German and Russian, European uh, novels and things like that. He says, what are you doing? Throw all of those out. You've got to focus everything, every moment you have, on learning the Japanese language, the culture, the traditions, the religion. You've got to know everything there is to know about these people if you want to reach them. So Nicholas took this to heart. He, he, he realized his mistake. He uh, was obedient to St. Nicholas and spent the next eight years just soaking in as much as he could, studying religion, studying history. He, uh, he went to school, went to a school and would just sit in the back and listen as they would go through their lessons in Japanese. And they tried to kick him out. They didn't like him being there. And at one point, they put up a sign 
that said, bearded foreigner, not allowed. And when he saw the sign, he just kind of took it down, folded it up, put it in his pocket, and went on into class. He was not going to be stopped. So eight years, seven or eight years go by where he's learning Japanese. Um, there was really no way at the time for a Westerner to, there was no, no, no program, no scheme on how to learn Japanese. So he had to come up with his own way, which worked for him. And um, So eight years go by, he's now pretty fluent, he's ready to begin. And, and about this same time, a young man uh, named Sawabe Takuma, who was a samurai, had married a local Shinto priest's daughter. And uh, Takuma was, he was very proud to be Japanese, and he didn't like the changes that were happening. He didn't like all these foreigners. And the city that he lived in, where this embassy was, it was, a, it was one of the few cities where they allowed foreigners to set up embassies and merchants to come. So he did not like this at all. And he thought, he and some friends thought, we're going to focus on this Russian embassy. We're going, to, we're going to start our plan there, and we're going to kill them. And so one evening, as Nicholas is walking uh, back to his chapel, Takuma jumps out with his sword and, and shouts at him in Japanese and says, you know, foreigners must die. Of course, Nicholas knows what he said. He, he understands exactly what he said. He said, wait a minute. Why are you going to kill me if you haven't even heard what I say, what I'm, what I'm talking about? And Takuma said, oh, well, okay, let's hear it. And Nicholas starts to preach the gospel to him. And after a minute, Takuma puts his sword up, takes out a notebook and starts taking notes. Takes some more notes, and he's just, his heart begins to burn with this message that Nicholas is sharing with him. So much so that he runs back to his friends who are also going to assassinate some people and says, hey, you guys got to come hear this. This is really something special. This was a complete turnaround for him, for, for Takuma. Ultimately, Takuma and his friends are the first group of catechumens. And later, uh, Takuma, now called Paul, uh, Paul Sawabe, is the first uh, Japanese person ordained as a priest. So this samurai that, was sent to, that, that took it upon himself to kill St. Nicholas is the first priest. First Japanese priest. What St. Nicholas started with that one encounter with uh, later Paul Sawabe continued. Um, in 1868, so about the year that he had this encounter with Sawabe, there were 20 Japanese Orthodox Christians. Ten years later, there were about 4,000 Japanese Orthodox Christians. So Nicholas died in 1912, and at that time there were over 33,000 Japanese Orthodox Christians in 266 churches. His funeral was the largest funeral ever held for a non-Japanese person, and it's still, to this day, it's the largest funeral for a non-Japanese person in Japan. He was beloved by the Japanese. Now that's not to say this was all easy. This was not a, an easy place to be a missionary. There was official... Uh, uh, persecution of Christians and other Westerners, but especially Christians. Sometimes it was harsher than others, um, but, but the message he was preaching was always officially, you know, they, they, they didn't want to hear it. Um, he was there during the Russo-Japanese War. 
So St. Nicholas, who was assigned to the Russian embassy and, and later had built a cathedral in Tokyo, um, was at that Tokyo Cathedral during the Russo-Japanese War um, and really had to struggle with how to, how, to, how to do this, how to be you know, a faithful Orthodox Christian who was also Russian in the middle of a country where they were at war with your home country. Um, nonetheless, he came through and, and survived that. Um, and uh, is St. Is, is Nicholas of Japan, uh, the uh, enlightener of the Japanese, the equal of the apostles, he's called. Um, so now back to Zacchaeus, the rest of the story. One of the things I love about our Orthodox faith is that we get the rest of the story, right? Um, I mean, this is stuff you could look up online nowadays and find out the rest of the story if you really wanted to, but um, it's part of our faith. And so the rest of the story with Zacchaeus, well, he's not mentioned again directly in the scriptures. Um, I think there's some hints there. Um, remember Peter being sent in the book of Acts, Peter is sent um, to uh, Caesarea. Uh, the, the centurion Cornelius invites him uh, to come. And the Holy Spirit says, you need to go. So Peter says, well, I guess I better go. So he goes to Caesarea. Caesarea, okay. Philip the deacon uh, goes to Caesarea and Paul stays with um, Philip and his family uh, while he's there. Later, Paul um, is in prison in Caesarea for a couple of years. All of this about Caesarea. What's special about Caesarea? Peter appointed Zacchaeus as the bishop the first bishop of Caesarea. So we have Zacchaeus, who was used to dealing with the Romans. Peter takes that uh, past, that skill, if you will, and says, okay, we're going to put you in this important Roman city. That's where the governor lived. The governor of Judea lived in Caesarea. Um, so Zacchaeus, who had been this outcast outsider on both sides, the Romans and his fellow Jews, is now the apostle in the kind of administrative Roman town in Judea. And one of the few, um, one of the few Christians at the time who died peacefully. Uh, he was not a martyr, so. Um, but he was the first bishop of Caesarea. So we go from Zacchaeus, short Zacchaeus up in the tree to Zacchaeus, bishop of Caesarea. Uh, I just love that. These, uh, these saints, I, I'm always... I love talking about saints, and I always feel like when I talk about the saints in a homily, I need to like give you the moral of the story. I hope sometimes it's obvious what the moral of the story is. Like, be like them, right? Um, but more specifically, I think in the case of Zacchaeus and Nicholas, there's a couple of things that I, I, I like that are similar. They both sought out Jesus, right? Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming. And said, I, I, there's something about him, I want to see him. And he, so he, he went out of his way, climbed up the tree, he sought Jesus out. Likewise, Nicholas sought out this a hard assignment, sought out this, um, this post in Japan. He wasn't just picked randomly. He saw the sign and said, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, I think they both show us how to respond to the gospel. 
in different ways, but they both show us how to respond to the gospel. The response is, in the case of Zacchaeus, it's to help the poor, give everything away, make right your wrongs. Right? He gave to the poor, and he also corrected his past sins. And in the case of St. Nicholas, he, he devoted his entire life uh, to serving and building up the church in Japan, in a new place for the Orthodox Church to be, at a time when it was not always easy to be a Westerner, much less a Christian missionary in Japan. Um, both of these men responded to the gospel by going out and doing the work of the gospel, of loving their neighbor, of, of loving God in other people. So through the prayers of the Apostle Zacchaeus, Bishop of Caesarea, and St. Nicholas, the Enlightener of Japan, and all the saints, may we also respond to the gospel by doing the gospel work. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.